Welcome back to the Educator's Room podcast, a place for educators everywhere, regardless of grade level or content area. Put down your grade books and grab a glass of wine and learn with our host, Francesca. Welcome, everybody, to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Educator's Room Podcast. I'm your host, Francesca Warren, and today I have my lovely Sora, Miss Almetria Turner. Hey, Almetria. Hey Francesca, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to have you guys on the sh- have you on the show. So before we start, before you tell us who you are, guys, I have to tell you, I've known Almetria for a while, but how many years was it? About three, four years ago, I decided that I was going to go running with you. Mm-hmm. And remember, I pulled up and I was looking for you, and you were like, "Hey, friend, hey, I'm right here." Do you remember that? I do remember that we were in the parking lot um, about to go running on the green line, and we hadn't seen each other in years. It had to be like five years. And so I I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So before I give it away, Almetria, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, Well, my name is Almetria Turner, and I am the founder and um, fitness and food blogger of Fit and Finally Free. I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. And about seven years ago, I was diagnosed with diabetes. I had hypertension for 13 years prior. And at that particular time, I weighed 342 pounds. And so um, my doctor pretty much told me that if I got under 200 pounds, then more than likely I can reverse the symptoms of my chronic illness um, or several chronic illnesses that I had. Now, keep in mind, I was overweight my entire life. Oh, my God. And 342 pounds was the heaviest I had ever been. So I was in denial for like a year, but I wanted to take it seriously because um, I knew diabetes was hereditary within my family, and I knew the complications that could arise from it. And so I was 36 years old, had to see four different specialists at that particular time, and I did not want to continue to live my life like that. So I took the bull by its horns, and I decided to try to live a healthier life by overhauling my diet. I became um, active, and now, um, seven years later, I gave myself actually four years. I'm at that particular time to become fit by 40. So um, in a four-year period, I lost 177 pounds. Wait a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 177 pounds. That's two 177 people. pounds, naturally. So no surgery? No no surgeries, no shakes, no teas, supplements, um, like personal trainers. I did a lot of walking. Then I started going to, like, Zumba, Ab Lab, boot camps. And then that eventually turned into running. And so I was a size 32 at the time, and now I'm a size 6'8". <gasps> um, I've never been a single-digit oh anything, including shoe size. But I even dropped two sides. I was on 11, 12. Now I'm a 10. So, okay, so, yeah. guys, this is why I wanted to talk to you guys about this. This is eight weeks. We're in the summer. School is out for, for the majority of schools. And so many times as teachers, we discuss self-care. We've discussed depression on the show. But we've never discussed how do you live your best life while you're still alive? How do you know when you're going into a school every day? And I can speak for myself. You're overweight. You're not eating what you need to eat, and you say, oh, I'll get to it next. i got to grade these papers. i got to do this. i got to do that. How do you have the self-control to lose 177 pounds naturally? So this whole episode, guys, is not a 
wow, Almitria did it. It's great. It's for us to listen to her story and figure out how we can make small changes so that being overweight, we don't stay overweight or we don't stay unhealthy, whatever your unhealthiness is. It can be your weight. It could be anything else. And how can we take it to the next level? Because self-care starts with loving ourselves. So question one, when you were at your, your highest weight and you go to the doctor and they tell you this, what was the first thing that flashed through your mind? How could I do this to, how could I do this to myself? Um, it was as if I felt it was, I self-sabotaged myself, basically. Mm. Um, I felt I was immortal. Um, I thought that, yeah, my grandmother had it, but, you know, I was invincible that I wouldn't get it. Therefore, I continued to live my life as if it wasn't possible. And so, like I said, I was, I cried. I was in denial. Um, at that particular time, you know, I didn't necessarily love myself. And I felt, you know, except the depression because of me being overweight, I felt as if it was stopping me from living my best life. Um, because society judges you based upon your looks, based upon what they think or how you are. They view you as being lazy, um, possibly, you know, not intelligent or smart, because how could you be smart if you allowed yourself to even get to this point of being this overweight? So, um, you know, there's a lot of mixed emotions going on because who at the age of 36 wanted to be told that you have a chronic illness and you have to take medication? Oh my gosh. So I guess my next question to you is what, what was your first step? What was your first step after that? Um, cause I wasn't. Hello? Hello? Taking note, like I said, being, I was a very sedentary. I was yeah. a couch potato. Um, being active and my name, you could not put those two words in one sentence. And I would have believed you. So, yeah, it was it was different for me because I knew at that point in time that my life changed. Wow. And so you get the news. You say, how can I do this to myself? And then you go ahead and you start the process. So what does day one look like after you go through this? Like, what, what, what does it look like for you? Well, day one was actually day maybe 366. Okay. Um, because, like I said, it was one of those, I think it's like a grief stage. You have to go through all the emotions to realize the diagnosis that you know, diagnosis that you were given. So it's like I didn't readily accept it. Yeah. And with anything, as far as with change, you can't do it immediately. It's it's not an overnight process. I didn't get overweight overnight, and I knew I wasn't going to lose the weight overnight. So it's like I had to process what was told to me. Mm. So. Um, like I said, it took a year for me to sit there and realize, I was like, you know what, you can't continue to live your life like this if you want to live a longer and healthier life. Right. So my day one was a matter of me, you know, changing my mind and my relationship with food, knowing that it could not be, um, you know, where it's used for comfort. It couldn't be used for a reward. I couldn't turn to it for how I felt at the particular moment. I had to use food as sustenance, mm. um, like I said, as a, and not as, like I say, an emotional feel for the voice in which I had in my life. Yeah. So it was, it was like I said, it was a matter of me changing my mind and wanting to change. Wow. Because my desire for change had to be greater than my need. 
if I no longer had the desire, I would never see the need. So let me ask you this, because a lot of teachers right now, it's summer and you recovered from the school year. And, you know, people don't talk about this, but depression is huge in teaching. It's huge in education. Teachers suffer from it. Um, and teachers are very are usually very silent about their suffering. They don't want people to know. They don't want to go through the process. And a lot of that depression ends up in other ways. It ends up, of course, being extremely unhappy in your job. But also the flip side of that is being overweight. So... You know, day 366, right, day one for you, you know, you start to think about how you change food. But how do you get through, like, the failure, right? Because, like, when you said, how could I do this to, to myself, that's somewhat like a a failure in the sense of I failed myself. How do you get over that type of failure, feeling of failure? Because it's not really. But how do you get over it and and move past that in your mind? Because a lot of people will say, yeah, that's great. You did it, but I just don't have the willpower or, you know, I can't forgive myself for some of the things that I've done to myself. How, how do you get through that? Um, little do people know, I actually have worked in the education system for the past 15 years as a substitute teacher. Okay. Um, so I'm very familiar with the environment that teachers have to go through on a daily basis. As far as the red tape, the paperwork, um, the disciplinary um, issues, them uh, having to meet certain requirements as far as with the school system and, you know, dealing with parents and dealing with children and, you know, all within a tight schedule. And that is a lot of pressure that, you know, teachers face on a daily basis um, because as a teacher, you want to see your children succeed. As a teacher... You, um, you know, don't want to see them fail. So it's that same type of desire that you have for your children is the desire that you have to have for yourself. And sometimes when you pour so much of that out into others, it leaves you feeling empty and you have no more left. And mm. you, you know, have to sit there and dig deep to find it, you know, for yourself. It's like the same type of energy that you give to your children every single day. You have to leave just a little bit for you. And so with, like I said, that the time crunch and the schedule and, like I said, and the feelings that you have throughout the day that, you know, you're trying to get things done and meet deadlines, you know, you have to do that for yourself. Just as if you sit there and write out your, um, you know, the things in which you have to do as far as the day with your children, you know, you have to do that for you. You're just as important as anything in which you put on that list. Yes. Um, as, you know, as far as that old school, the learner will. So what will you do um, as far as your day? The same thing that you do for them, you have to sit there and, and make a, you know, a list for yourself. So, um, like I said, as far as you getting past the depression and the feeling of failure, you don't you won't understand or appreciate success without going through failure. Right. Every day is not going to be a great day. Every assignment is not going to be a A as far as you know as far as with your students. Therefore as far as with you making healthier choices, with you sitting there going, you know, trying to live to see each and every day, just know that, you know, there's going to be some bumps in the road. But there's going to also be, you know, some times in which you have great success. But you have to look at success and failure as the same. Mm. You take, you know, a look at both, you learn the lesson from them, and then you move on and make new goals. 
So there's really no difference in success or failure. You just have to sit there, like I said, and look at it as both something that you learn from. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because, you know, the next step that I I hear teachers say when, you know, they say, oh, I can't do that. I don't have enough time. I don't have a lot of what your website is about is about being fit on a budget. I see every night that you post recipes like under five dollars a serving. You can do this. So tell us about what does a day look like? Like, what does a day look like for you planning your meals? Like, how did you start that process of planning your meals and, and knowing what to eat and how to eat? Did you go by a diet plan? Like, what did you do? If a teacher today on June 23rd is saying, this is my wake-up call, I have to start taking care of myself, I, I'm ready, I have the willpower, how do they decide what they eat, when they eat, what do they do? Well, first thing first is never sit there and say, hey, I will start on a Monday. Mm. There are 52 Mondays in a year. We always seem to sit there and think like, you know, Monday is the beginning of a new work week, therefore that's when we're going to begin things anew. So if you mess up on Tuesday and you wait until Monday, are you going to continue the train wreck from Tuesday to Monday? Mm. No, you sit there, you pump the brakes as far as at that particular time, at that particular moment in your day, it's like, hey, I messed up. So the next moment, that's when you sit there and say, well, I'm going to do right, or I'm going to try to do right. Mm. And so the thing about it is, a lot of people try to dive in head first. I'm saying I'm going to sit there and eat, you know, three healthy meals per day. I'm going to work out five days a week, knowing that you don't eat one healthy meal per day or you don't go to the gym at all. So that's, a, you know, a sign of you basically trying to set yourself up for failure because you're trying to do too much too soon. Wow. So if anything, try for one healthy meal per day. Try to sit there and, you know, work out maybe one or two days a week for only, like, 30 minutes. So don't go gone cold thinking that you're going to sit there and change your mindset for, you know, that you've had probably 30 or 40 years and thinking you're going to have it all together on day one because it's not going to happen. It's a process. Mm. And so as far as with me, you know, as far as how my day starts, um, say, for instance, um, like I said, I, I teach people how to shop and eat healthy on a budget. Um, usually our sales papers come out every Tuesday and the, and the sale starts on Wednesday. So I take um, into account what I currently have in my refrigerator and pantry, and that's something in which, you know, everyone should do, take inventory as far as what you have. A lot of people um, waste a lot of money because they don't know what they currently have. So when you go into your refrigerator, you might see three bottles of ketchup. You might see, you know, like two things of something that's been opened. When you sit there and when you go to the store, you just sit there and buy, not knowing you already had it at home. So that's just money wasted. Mm. So I pretty much sit there and, like I said, I go in my pantry and fridge to see what I currently have as far as it's healthy. I compare what's um, in the paper that's healthy that's on sale. And then by Friday, I sit there and I pull out my um, weekly meal plan calendar and see what type of meals in which I can sit there and plan on a budget with what I currently have versus what's on sale. I put those things together, put it on my calendar. I write down the list of the things in which I need in order to fulfill the, um, the calendar. On Saturday, I go to the grocery store. By Sunday, I'm prepping, cooking, and then I have my meals for the rest of the week. And so not only do I save time, I save calories, and I save money. 
because as far as with time, I don't have to sit there and think about, you know, what it is I'm going to fix if I'm too tired from coming home. Because I know teachers sometimes, you know, stay two or three hours over, you know, their um, their period of time. And when they get home, they're tired. They don't want to sit there and cook right. um, for themselves or their family. So they're going to sit there and go through the drive-thru and get something unhealthy. But if you prep for yourself or your family, then, you know, all that time is, you know, you can give towards something else. Maybe rest. Maybe going to the gym, you know, after you go, you know, come from work instead of cooking dinner. Yeah. You're saving calories because your stuff is already prepared, it's already healthy, as opposed to you going through a drive-thru. Yeah. Usually when we make those choices, it's the unhealthiest choice. You and that's me. You want something quick and easy so you don't have to sit there and think about it. Right. And then, like I said, you're saving money because eating out, is, to me, is more expensive than eating, you know, as far as, you know, if you cook your stuff on your own. So, like I said, it's a matter of time management. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's a matter of how do you manage that time wisely. And a lot of times, we waste a lot of time and just not knowing how much time we waste, whether it be on social media, whether it be that 30-minute show in which we're watching on, you know, television, or we're just sitting there looking into space, wondering, like, you know, or just, you know, thinking about how our day was. So, like I said, find those little small pockets of time where you can get your rest, but then you also can put yourself on your schedule too. Because usually if you write write it down, then you can check it off and say, you know what, I was successful today. I made this happen. You need to be one of those people and one of those things on the list like, hey, I made it happen today for me. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Because, you know, that's part of my issue. I'm coming home. I'm tired. I don't want to think about what I'm going to eat. And the first thing I go to is, is fast food. So, one of the things that, you know, we talk about in in um, taking care of yourself, teacher self-care, all of those things, is the need for us to recognize our triggers. How did you recognize your triggers and how did you address them? Because for teachers, if I've had a particularly rough day with a student, then I might be more tempted to eat out or to do something. So what do you do? Um, well, for one, like I said, you have to address and know what your triggers are. Um, it might be a certain student because sometimes we have those students that know how to press our button. Um, it might even be your family member, same thing. Um, or it might be your friends, your family, it might be your job, anything in life um, that causes you to go to that place, you know what that feeling is. And you know what your go-to is. It might be chocolate chip cookies. It might be, you know, that certain candy bar or you going to get some ice cream. The thing about it is don't have it in your possession. Um, you know, sometimes as teachers we have those stash drawers of, you know, the candy that you might give to your students as reward or even your stash that you bring from home. Yeah. Don't have those things around. Um, of course, as far as with the candy for the kids, you really have to be disciplined enough um, in order for you not to get into the stash. But as a teacher, why not try to help healthy, um, healthy rewards for them? You really set the example for that, so you don't necessarily have to give them candy, but that's also, you know, healthy rewards that you can do, too. And it doesn't necessarily have to be candy. It could be a sticker. It could be a pencil. It could be something other than, you know, candy or food or whatever. Okay. But um, as far as with your emotional triggers, you cannot have those type of things in, in your home. So, you know, for me, I wasn't really a snack person in the first place, but I know a lot of people are. So, but if it's out of sight, out of it would be basically out of mind. 
So if you know that it's like, okay, this is really bothering me, set along some time, maybe like 10 or 20 minutes to sit there and find something else to do. If you have to walk away um, or go, you know, take a walk somewhere, read a book, get a magazine, call a friend, distract yourself from that particular thought. So as the time passes, you won't sit there and think that you need that particular thing. And then, like I said, if it's not at home, if it's not at school, then you're not going to grab, you know, for it. Okay. And if you do, find a substitute, you know, healthy snack that um, will sit there and satisfy that particular trigger. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, you have to really change your relationship with food because, like I said, it shouldn't be a comfort, nor should it be a reward. Yeah. So, like I said, just make some healthy substitutions when you know um, something like that is going to occur. So let me ask you this because you brought up some really good points. And I think, guys, as we look at this and as we think about what we're going to do with ourselves, this is critical in self-care. This is critical in understanding that I have to get healthy. I have to eat right. Um, Not even if you don't need to lose weight, but just so you can be at your optimal during those times of stress. But I have to ask, how do you, how did you working as a teacher, even as a substitute, find the time to work out? Because a lot of teachers will eat right, um, but they may not work out. And we know with women being diagnosed with heart disease more and more hypertension you have to work out so how do you go from being a complete couch potato to doing like you and running 40 races by 40 or or just running period how do you do that well for instance i run with a group called black girls run okay and um there are a lot of teachers and administrators that are part of this one particular group run and they run at 4 30 in the morning oh and so Yes, and so the thing about it is they made their health a priority. Mm. They made it important. So they knew they had to get to bed early in order to set their alarm at 3, 4 to 5 in the morning to get up at 4.30 because their families were still asleep. This was some time in which they could have with themselves and, you know, and spend time with with God. And, you know, they made an adjustment. They made um, a sacrifice. Um, as far as running early in the morning. So that's something that teachers might have to do is sacrifice a little time early before school starts, before you have to get up and start your day as far as, you know, making sure your kids' lunches are prepared and you're getting yourself together um, in doing so. And then, two, you know, you have to prepare the night before. So have your clothes laid out. Have your lunches ready and packed. Have everything in which you need to have at the door so when you do sit there and go and work out and run or get to the gym at 5, when you get back home, get back home, you can sit there and take your quick shower, you know, and get yourself together and everything is going to be laid out. Um, like as a teacher, you know, like I said, you have your breakfast ready. Um, you know, sit there, you know, eat it on the go or eat it, you know, a couple of minutes before, um, you know, the kids get there. Sometimes you might get there maybe 15 minutes early, you know, before the kids and get your day started where you can, you know, breakfast is the most important part of the day um, because you have you tell your kids all the time, like, how can they function if they don't have anything on their stomach, you know, first thing in the morning? Even as far as your planning period, yeah, you know, sometimes you want to sit there and just rest your mind from the day or, you know, you actually do have some things that you need to get done to prepare maybe for the next period or for the next day, use if use 30 minutes maybe walking around the school and the other 30 minutes doing, you know, the things in which you need to do. Or if it's a slow week, 
you know, use the entire, you know, hour to sit there and walk to school or take the stairs. Make sure you bring your gym bag, bring your extra tennis shoes. Um, And then, too, even if you have time after school, make sure that gym bag is in the car. So you have no excuse that it's like if I have to go home and get changed and then go back out, more than likely you're not going to. So it's really a matter of you preparing and being disciplined and finding, like I said, those pockets of time that you feel as if you don't have, but you truly do. So Mm -hmm. like I said, it's discipline, it's sacrifice, and like I said, just making the time. Wow. You brought up so many good points. And I know that, you know, for many teachers listening to this, they're going to say, you know, I love all this advice. I just I just can't get up. I just can't do it. And, you know, we always say this, but your story is so inspiring that I want teachers to understand that this is doable. Um, Almitra, you're not a superstar, right? You don't have millions of dollars, correct? That is correct. <laughs> so she was able to do it at a time in her life where she, you know, where she was at that point, what, what do I do next? So when we talk about self-care, um, can you tell us the last question, what would be the best advice you would give somebody who's sitting, who is 366 pounds today, June 23rd, 2017, what would you tell them to do to take control of their life at this very moment? And then tell them where they can find you for further help. Well, for one, you have to recognize that you have a problem. Mm. For two, you have to love yourself where you are currently. Mm. Because if you don't love yourself where you are currently, you won't love yourself once you get to that goal, Mm. to that end. Um, Because it's a process. It's a journey. Um, You have to, like I said, find different things about yourself that you love about yourself uh, as far as physically, as far as emotionally and spiritually, because it's a holistic journey. It's just not about the physical. A lot of people think that you're overweight because you just love to eat. It's a deeper root. It's a deeper issue other than you just putting food into your mouth. So, like I said, you have to basically do some self-evaluation and also offer some self-love, offer forgiveness, Um, because it took a while for me to forgive myself to allow me to get to that point in my life where I had to do something. Be um, proactive more so than being reactive. So if you're, you know, don't have any chronic illnesses right now, you know, thank God that you've been given a grace period. You know, so you have time to sit there and do something about it. And even if you do have chronic illnesses, don't sit there and think that this is the end-all to be-all. It's like because me getting diabetes and having, you know, hypertension, not only was it, you know, I thought it was a curse, but it was also a gift because it gave me life where, like, you know, had I not gotten those illnesses, I would probably be dead now. I was headed towards basically destruction. Um, so I literally like, okay, I had to thank God in, in him doing this because he knew where I was going. Mm. And so had I not gotten, like I said, these illnesses, I wouldn't be where I am today. And the thing about that is too, I had asked so many people to be, you know, accountability partner for me and I couldn't find anyone at that particular time. And so I had to realize if I didn't start today, you know, even on my own, I wouldn't be where I am right now. So don't wait upon somebody else. You have to be your own self-motivation. You have to find it within yourself to sit there. It's like, you know what, I'm tired of being the way that I am. 
my life doesn't stop here. If I want to add more years to my life, I have to do something about it now, not tomorrow, not the next day, but at this very moment. And so, you know, because you never know if you will get another moment. So it's, it's a matter of you, like I said, just realizing that there's so much more to life than where you are right now. So many people are depending upon you, and you have so much purpose within you. And so how will the world know the gifts and talents that you have if you're basically um, handicapping yourself because you're not living your best life? Because you can't live your best life at 366 pounds. Yeah. You can have somewhat of a decent life. You can get through. But who wants to get through anything? You always, you know, as teachers, you say, like, you know, this average student. Right. Why not sit there and be a good student? Why not be an excellent student? Some people, you know, want to get by on life, but, you know, that's never been me. Um, I've never liked mediocrity. Um, right. I always strive for excellence. And, you know, there's different people in the world, but you know you better than anybody else. And so a lot of people don't live up to their potential. Mm. And I've always told myself whenever I were to die, I never wanted to lose nothing within my dash. Mm. I wanted my dash to be fulfilled where between the moment in which I was born and the moment in which I you know, died, that my purpose was truly fulfilled. And I had lived my best life, and I lived for him. Wow. So, you know, like I said, you really, really have to, like I said, love yourself enough to know that you're worth it. And, you know, you pour so much into your kids every single day, letting them know that they're worth it. You have to set the example in them knowing that, you know, you're worth it, too. I love everything about this podcast. I love you. This is just so perfect. This is, you know, this truly is a testament of willpower and of, you know, investing in yourself and doing what's right, even when you don't want to do it. So I honestly can take these words just from me, guys. This is not just for you. This is for me when I give that excuse and say, I don't want to really do that. You know, you got to make time. You have to be important. Now, before we get off the line, I need you to tell everybody where can they find you? And guys, this will be in the show notes also. Where can they find you and what services do you offer? Um, well, I'm, I'm a true turner on Facebook. On Facebook, um, I'm also Fit and Finally Free, um, F-I-T and A-N-D, Finally Free. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter. And my website is actually www.fitandfinallyfree.com. Um, as far as the services in which I offer, I do one-on-one lifestyle and wellness coaching as far as consultations. I offer meal um, plans. I do pantry and refrigerated makeovers. You don't necessarily have to be in the area, so we can actually do it via Skype where we're doing it together. Um, I do healthy cooking demonstrations uh, where we, I teach people how to cook healthy meals within their home and also teach people how to meal prep. Um, I have a book, an e-book that's out right now called How to Shop and Eat Healthy on a Budget. Um, it's available on my website for only $9.99. Y'all go and, buy it. Um, and so, like I said, it's a great resource as far as with teachers. I know you are on a budget because a lot of times you sit there and spend money, you know, on your children, too, as far as, you know, giving them supplies. So it's possible to shop and eat healthy on a budget, and that book basically tells you how. And so, um, like I said, there's so many different services in which I do offer. Um, like I said, you don't necessarily have to be overweight, but you want to live a healthier life. You want to live your best life. 
And so I, you know, coach people as far as holistically how you can juggle some of those things, whether it be your work relationships, whether it be your social or at home, your faith, or your health and fitness. Those are the four areas that I coach people on, work, career, health and fitness, and faith. So those are the four pillars that people basically make, you know, makes you up as a person. So find me on Fit and, Fin- um, Fit and Finally um, Free, like it's on Facebook. I would love to help, you know, teachers basically live their best life. Perfect. So, guys, all of that's going to be in the show notes. Please contact her. Amitra, thank you so much for being on our show. Um, guys, tune, remember this summer where all of our podcasts are going to be dedicated to teacher self-care and all the different faucets um, that encompass that. So we have a podcast on how to manage your money. We have a podcast on um, how to get over depression, how to deal with failure. It's just all these different things. So join us this summer, eight weeks, positive podcast, um, and we will see you next time. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Educators Room podcast. We are so excited to have you. Don't forget to rate our podcast. And don't forget about our upcoming events. We have one October 4th in Memphis, Tennessee, Teacher Self-Care Conference, one-day workshop. Also, June 2018, we have our two-day Teacher Self-Care Conference in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. For tickets, please go to www teacherselfcare.org or go to show notes on how you can get a ticket and a special discount for being a listener. Have a great evening, guys.